0: Oregon football is in on five-star quarterback in the class of 2023, Nico Leava. And for Oregon basketball to play well down the stretch, their big men have to be a part of that equation in a pretty significant way. I'll explain all of that today on Locked On Ducks. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm Ero Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single weekday. If you have not already, like and subscribe wherever you are listening to and or watching the show. If that's on YouTube, thank you for doing that. Five-star reviews, those help out nice comments to see on YouTube or on podcasts. Those are just really, really nice. So go ahead and do that if you'd be so kind. And if you want to get a question answered right here on the show, tweet with the hashtag ask LOD pod or DM at locked ducks or at smalls underscore 55, both accounts, DMS wide open. You see my handle below trifecta of ways to get your questions answered right here on the show. And you ask me anything, you know, preferably about the ducks, but if you want to ask me something else, Go for it. By all means, fire away. Not that private of a person. Today's episode brought to you by Locked Up. Today's episode of Locked On Ducks is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. No, I'm not talking about the Ohio State University. I'm talking about the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool. Okay. So five-star quarterback in the class of 2023, Nico Lamalayava. Who is he? What should we know about him? Let's get into it. He is considering the Oregon Ducks. There was even a crystal ball prediction on 24-7 sports the other day that he might be committing to the Ducks sometime soon. That's not confirmed. These are just kind of rumors, intuitions that people in the know have. But he comes out of Warren High School in California, 6'5", 195, his composite rating on 24-7 sports, which is what I use most commonly. You know, other people might be at somewhere uh, like Rivals or ESPN. I like 24-7 sports, and they they tend to be pretty accurate and good with this sort of stuff. Everything's mostly similar, but 99.58. That's his composite rating on 24-7 sports. If you're new to the recruiting game, that is indeed very, very high, even for a five-star. He's the number three quarterback in the class of 2023. Number one is Arch Manning. Oregon is not in the mix for him. Uh, schools like Georgia and and a bunch of other big-name brands are, and he uh, doesn't just have the name pedigree. If you watch any tape on Arch Manning, just watch his throwing motion. It is a thing of beauty. He's the number one quarterback for a recent. The second quarterback in the class of 2023 is Malachi Nelson. He's committed to USC. Third, Nico Lamaleava. So he's been uh, offered by or, or getting warm interest from Oregon. UCLA, Georgia, Bama, Arizona. Now, uh, as I'm recording this, their interest has since cooled, according to 24-7 sports, but they're still kind of in the mix. Kenny Dillingham is Lamalayava's primary recruiter, which is to be expected, right? What you'll find in the recruiting trail if you you know, monitor who primary recruiters are for certain athletes that, that come to Oregon is occasionally you can have some crossover where, you know, a wide receiver is getting recruited by Tosh Lapoy, right? Like Tosh Lapoy, defensive guy, played defensive line at Cal. He's recruited a lot of great defensive players. He also recruited Keenan Allen to Cal back in the day, who is now a wide receiver for our boy, Justin Herbert. So sometimes there's a little crossover with a quarterback that's typically Not the case. And Dillingham has to be able to hit the trail pretty hard, right? I mean, Lanning is going to have a strong appeal to defensive guys, but Dillingham has to be able to bring in high-level recruits. I'm not going to say on his own. You know, Junior Adams, wide receiver coach, Carlos Lachlan, both known uh, he's the running backs coach, both known as really good high-level recruiters, as are most people on this staff for the Ducks that Dan Lanning and company have put together. But that's something that Dillingham has to be able to do because he's got a defensive head coach. So I've watched some tape on, on Nico Lama Leava. Uh, you know, I don't have a girlfriend, so I've got time for that sort of things. And that's to your benefit, by the way, which I am more than happy to do. He's got the size. I mean, when you watch him, you know, 6'5", 195, might need to put on a few pounds, but right now he's a junior in high school. So he's got time to do that before he gets to college. And then once you get in a college weight room and, and weight program, you can bulk up, not not too worried about that. But I mentioned his size popping off on the tape because when you see him playing quarterback, you realize, well, there's not that many guys who are six foot five playing quarterback. They're they're just darn. Most are in kind of the six foot to six two range. Now you can get some smaller guys. You know, Ty Thompson, I think, is six two, maybe six three. But but when you watch Lama Leava, his high school highlights, the dude is. More than tall enough to see over the offensive lineman. Let's just put it that way. And he's got a lot of really high-level traits. He's not a five-star quarterback by accident. And I'll tell you what those traits are after I tell you that March Madness, just a few weeks away. I'm excited. You're excited. We are all excited for March Madness. Best sporting event on planet Earth. Don't at me. But if you do, go ahead. Honestly, Smalls underscore 55. But you need to be thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual? Or are you going for the best? We've done our homework at Locked On. We're running with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe. Both are really fun, by the way. They have options to edit scoring. They offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't even find on ESPN or CBS. We believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. While you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter pure madness. What a beautiful code to put in. Enter pure madness at checkout for $10 off your custom spot. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. I can't wait for March Madness. It's so exciting. Oregon basketball stuff coming later in the pod. But right now, Nico Lamaleava. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Looks like I am, but I've been wrong before. And that stuff can can be tricky from time to time. But so the size is very evident. The other thing I noticed with him when, when I watch film is he's got a very effortless throwing motion. And not every big guy has that. Ty Thompson's a pretty big guy. But when I see him throw the ball, I don't, Think effortless throwing motion. He's got good arm strength and he has other good physical traits, but I I don't see an effortless motion. You know, with with Lama Leava, everything's kind of just a flick of the wrist. It's very easy for him to get the ball downfield and put it where he wants to. He's got good mobility. He's got a decent amount of strength as well, and that's only going to improve as he gets in the weight room a little bit more. Maybe maybe it's a few cheeseburgers. You know, if he comes to Oregon. Lots of good food spots around there. Eat some track down pizza. You'd be good to go. Um, I doubt that's prescribed by the uh, nutritionists at the University of Oregon. But hey, a piece of pizza every now and then doesn't kill you. The thing I like about him when when I watch his highlights, though, there are a number of things, but I like that he's willing and able not just to run, because that's kind of an essential element of being a quarterback nowadays. And we don't know what to expect from this Kenny Dillingham offense. One of the things I'm really excited about in the spring game, see how that sort of works, how running backs, receivers, and quarterbacks are, are all used compared to what we grew accustomed to with Mario Cristobal and then uh, Joe Moorhead more at the end. But one thing Lama Leava is definitely willing to do, and it's a good thing, is run to throw. I like quarterbacks who can move. You can keep players alive. You have to be disciplined. Give plays a chance. You know, don't be a guy who bails on a play really early or is one read and done. But I like guys who are going to be able to extend plays, use their legs to make explosive plays, keep the defense on their toes, but be willing to run, but be willing to run in order to throw a lot of quarterbacks who can move. I've seen this from Bo Nix from time to time who can throw on the run. But early in his career, Nix was a guy who would break out of the pocket. And once he was there, he was always looking to run and great mobile quarterbacks, you know, like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray is pretty good at it. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. They run to buy time. They run to create plays. And Lama Lajava, at least on his high school tape, shows a willingness to do that. And I really like that and think it stands out. So th- there's a lot to like there. And you don't get a five star rating by accident got the physical tools, got the motion, got the arm strength. You know, he's capable of throwing the ball down the field. I know that's a big thing for Oregon fans after this past season and Anthony Brown's, you know, inconsistent ability or sometimes lack thereof to push the ball down the field. He is willing to do that, and and he's capable of doing that. He's got the arm strength. He can throw on the move, and he's willing to do that. So I, I like that. Now, I, I'm not an expert. I'm not claiming to be – uh an NFL draft analyst expert or anything like that. I'm just giving you what I know. And we'll just say I've watched a football game or two or 2000 in uh, in my life. Things that I think he'll have to improve upon. And again, he hasn't committed to Oregon yet, but this is just kind of who this guy is, why Oregon's interested in him. But I think it's more than reasonable to look at, you know, what he will have to improve upon when he gets to Oregon as well. Like a lot of high school quarterbacks, he can tend to lock onto one read. And if you've never played quarterback, you can't understand how easy it is to lock onto one guy based on what you think you're seeing with the coverage pre snap and knowing all the route combinations. And sometimes that can be correct, but I think that his physical gifts in high school, allow him to get away with some amazing plays that look awesome. And you might just see and go, oh my gosh, what a big highlight play, it's a big chunk play, all that sort of stuff, but he's getting away with it because he's more physically gifted than everybody else. And what he will have to learn by the time he, you know, gets to college, hopefully that's in Oregon, but maybe it's somewhere else. He'll have to learn to remember that everyone who's around him was a stud at their high school too. And they're really physically gifted. There is a jump in athleticism and talent from college to the NFL, no doubt, but it's a bigger jump in terms of the the game speed from high school to the NFL. because you have some guys playing high school football in in every state, frankly, who are you know not even close to being able uh, to to make it at the college football ranks, you know for for Division one. And it's just different. So I think that's the thing he'll have to improve upon most is when he uses that mobility pocket breaks down, wants to go make a big play. He has to remember that he's probably faster than the defensive end who is chasing him, but not by as much as he's accustomed to. And he can't make every decision when, when he does break the pocket and try to make a throw down the field, because you're not going to be able to get away with those sorts of throws all the time. So that's just what stood out to me. That's what I saw from it. That's kind of my idea of who he is. And he's a guy who I absolutely wanted at Oregon. I want him to get five stars at every position, including the quarterback spot. I know I had an episode, a couple, uh, days. I don't know. Everything's blending together recently on the show. I had an episode where I said, look, Oregon doesn't necessarily have to have an elite quarterback and you don't, you can win national championship with Stetson Bennett. You can win it you know, you can get there with uh, Nick Marshall or you can do it with Cardell Jones, a third string. You just have to be able to build a team around him. But you can also do it the Marcus Mariota way, the Joe Burrow way, the Justin Fields way. And all, all of that is good. And this is a guy Oregon is interested in. I'm glad they are. They're looking at him heavily. And I think that if, if he ends up committing to the Ducks, another great start for for Dan Lanning and the staff who, who are known first and foremost as great recruiters. And just being in the mix for guys like this early in their tenure, it's a really good sign. March Madness is indeed right around the corner. So why don't we get to uh, some Oregon basketball? Because I had some thoughts after just a brutal loss a few days ago against USC. We don't need to go through it. I recapped it and everything on yesterday's pod. Go back and listen, like, and subscribe if you have not already. But I was thinking about the big fellows, Frank Kepnong and Folly Dante. Dante from Mali, of course. Kepnong from Cameroon. A couple of guys who are originally from African countries like that. It's, it's just a great college basketball story, both of them. you know, just it, they're, they're such awesome guys. They play with such heart and passion and, and joy in the game. I think if Oregon is going to be able to do what they have to do in order to get in the NCAA tournament, which is beat both Washington schools and at least get to the semifinals of the Pac-12 conference tournament, if they're going to do that, the big men are going to have to literally and metaphorically be big for Dana Altman and company because, you know, late in that game against USC, I didn't like how little they were on the court, especially at the defensive end. couple offensive trips. I get it. You want to go five shooters. Neither one's a shooter. I totally understand. But, you know, even on that final possession, big guy sitting a screen, having a presence in the lane, drawing eyeballs from the defense. I would have liked to see them on the court. Don't know why they weren't there, but on the defensive sets, I I didn't get it at all, but I I don't expect them on a game in game out basis to put up massive numbers individually. I've talked about how I kind of think of them as one player. I look at their combined stats and, you know, see what their productivity level is on a game in game out basis. And I, I just think that when Oregon's playing well, the big men are playing well and they kind of feed off of one another. It's not, the the sort of situation where if they're playing well, then Oregon is playing well. But anytime the Ducks are playing well, it seems like the big men are having an impact at both ends of the floor. Uh, I'll keep going on on the big guys because I think they're just going to be massive for, for this team down the stretch as they make a late push to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, football might be over for the season, but as I'm talking about right now, basketball right around the corner and in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs it remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season bet online not just basketball it's your source for hockey boxing ufc right to the olympic coverage while well, that was going on and they've got some vegas casino games too head to the website today use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts so the big guys for the ducks i i think if and Folly Dante, and Frank Kepnong. You look at a box score after an Oregon game. If they're combining for, you know, twelve to fifteen points, fifteen or more rebounds, and a couple blocks, that's a lot of value from the center position for a couple of guys who don't shoot jumpers at all. I've seen Dante hit one jumper. It was against Arizona, and man, again, that that win would have been just massive for Oregon. But can't can't dwell on on the pass too hard. Blocking shots themselves the block shots, that's good. But the effect that having elite shot blockers in the paint has can't be underestimated. My cousin was uh, a Husky growing up. He actually ended up going to Washington state, which I could never imagine doing. Uh, But you know, I've, I've seen people cross over with Oregon, Oregon state before it's a, it's strange thing. It happens, but a friend of his walked onto the Washington basketball team and, you know, he's mostly a practice player. And uh, I, I saw the two of them at a, a Mariner game one time. And as I'm recording this, <sighs> come on, baseball, Major League Baseball, figure it out. I know this is an MLB show. Figure it out, baseball. We all want you to. So I was talking to him about, you know, playing on the team and being on uh, He's going up against different teams. And this was when Kenny Wooten was on the Ducks. And I asked him, you know, what's it like to, to be on the bench when Kenny Wooten is is on the other side and oregon i think had beaten washington in the pac-12 tournament that year they made the run to the sweet 16 after winning the conference tournament with peyton pritchard and i asked him about that and he said dude literally the the, the block shots obviously they're taking points off the board but that guy single-handedly wrecked the psyche of our team just all around offensively we were scared to go in the lane we felt pressure to shoot jumpers that when we were open and we felt pressure to make them rather than shooting them with confidence, like it completely wrecked our team mentally. And I've thought about that a lot over the years as Oregon has had all these great shot blockers and, you know, they've been great defensive teams as well. And I think that that holds true, especially in college basketball, where you're dealing with 18, 19, 20 year old kids, you go into the lane where you're accustomed to be able to have your way inside. And all of a sudden you're getting turned back at a, at a high clip and it happens to you once or twice, you see it happen to one of your teammates, it's demoralizing. And that's the impact that and folly Dante and Frank Kepnon can have for the Oregon ducks. And, you know, we've seen it with Wooten and Jordan bell, Chris Boucher, all these sorts of big guys that Dana Altman has had. The bigs are just able to have that sort of effect. They, They just get into guys heads. And once you're in the head of the other team, you're in great shape. You are doing phenomenally well. And the other thing about the Oregon bigs is they can kind of hold down the fort for Oregon over stretches where the guards and Quincy Guerrier and Eric Williams, who who are kind of the wings here when they're not playing well or not hitting shots, the bigs kind of hold stuff down. And I don't mean they're going to carry the load offensively, which I'll get to in, uh, in a second, but they can kind of save the ducks. They were doing this the other day against USC. They can save them for stretches when the guards aren't hitting shots because the big guys, Nong and Dante, they can limit the opponent to one shot. They can block a couple shots and maybe find some buckets, some easy buckets at the at the other end. Not at a high clip, right? Neither one is going to get a bunch of post touches like a, a Kofi Coburn for Illinois or a Chet Holmgren or Drew Timmy for Gonzaga, Matthias Toss for St. Mary's, bunch of other bigs in the country. They're not those sorts of players at this point in their career, but... If you get it to him on a pick and roll or you find him on the baseline working against the zone, sometimes when the offense is struggling, you know, a big dunk from Frank or or in folly can really energize the team. And just seeing the ball go through the cylinder can help, you know, slow a a slow, slow, a sluggish shooting stretch as well. I don't know why I decide to mentally set myself up for tongue twisters, but apparently I just really enjoy doing it from, from time to time to make myself. Sounds silly, which is anyway. I'm going to talk to my subconscious about that. But the offense for these two guys doesn't have to be huge, right? It's not what is being asked of them, it's not what is needed of them. They have to get some buckets from time to time, you know, finish your dunks inside a hook shot or two from each in the game. But they've got a rebound, both are excellent at boxing out, but they've got a rebound. They've got to block shots. They've got to alter shots, and just you know, be a presence out there. Make the other team think about the fact that oh, big Frank or and Folly's roaming the paint, and make them scheme around that. But neither one is yet consistent enough for regular post touches. They can get a couple every now and then, but if they can get there over the course of their careers, they could become a truly elite duo. They're already good. They're good. They're effective, but they could become elite if their offensive games can round out learning to hit a 15 footer consistently, I wouldn't say no to that either. Both have a lot of eligibility left. Dante could be at Oregon. You know, he's had an injury riddle career, but he could be up to Oregon for two or for up to two years after this one. Frank could be, could be in Eugene for up to three years after this one, because last season was a free year. They could both be NBA caliber bodies. If they can develop more of an offensive game. You got to be able to get the mid-range jumper, but j- just be more confident and, and sure, sure footed with with their footwork and post moves down in that area. If they can do that, you know, the way Jordan Bell really didn't, who, you know, started out as kind of a nice NBA player on the Warriors, looked like he was going to be a role player off the bench, but has since fallen back into Uh, a G league player, even though I think he's capable of being a really good backup four. and and he was on the warriors for a little bit, but ultimately he got to the NBA with his offense unrefined and he wasn't able to quite work it out. That's something I think he would have benefited from greatly staying another year in college to just refine the offensive game a little bit. I mean, I, I understand him leaving after playing on a final four team. Your stock doesn't get that much higher and he'd been exceptional all tournament long. And I I think he still could have you know had more success in the NBA individually and you know still be bouncing around on uh, at, at the regular NBA level rather than at the G League level if he just refined his offensive game a little more I think both these Oregon bigs can do that and if their offensive games develop that's great for Oregon the other thing that's worthy of note is. I hope that these two, Kept Nong and Dante, will be roaming the paint for the coming years for the Ducks. They can lock down that position, and you know everything else. You kind of have to retool and uh, or refurbish the roster on a year-in, year-out basis, just kind of the way college basketball works. But Kellel Ware is a five-star center who's coming in, and he can play both inside and out. He can shoot three. He's got a little mid-range game. Great shot blocker inside. I don't think that Ware. What well, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I don't see Kellaway coming in and knocking Kepnong or or Dante out of their regular rotation. Might change a little bit, but I think you can play Ware at the four. He's a seven footer, but he's mobile and he can shoot. He can stretch the floor. You know, imagine if you had this team with Kellaway playing the four and Garrier at the three, right? You could bring Harmon or Young off the bench. You could have Richardson out there with. You know, probably Davion Harmon, um, I, I would say, or Jacob Young, kind of depending on how they're playing. Gary ate the three, Ware at the four, Dante and Kepnong interchangeable at the five. That's a big lineup. That's an athletic lineup, and they can do a lot of things. It, it's, it's versatile as well. And the fact that Ware can shoot is huge. So I think that is the potential to be a loaded front court with a ton of shot blocking, a lot of athleticism, and big-time energy as well where is a really exciting player can't wait for him to get to eugene next year because there's a lot of hype he also got named to uh like a team usa basketball thing or or something i don't remember what it was specifically but uh he he got some recognition for being an elite player and he's going to be on a select team of of high school prospects in the country he's an exciting guy to watch out for in the future and i I hope that Kepnong and dante will be able to stick around because those two with where No one is scoring inside. That's too much size, athleticism, and shot-blocking prowess. It is uh, an exciting thing to think about. But that's the future. And right now, Kepnog and Dante have to be big for Oregon coming down the stretch if they're going to get into the NCAA tournament and maybe win a game or two. They have to be playing well and making an impact the way that they're capable of at both ends of the floor. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.